Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. I'm coming to you live from the studios of KDIX AM station, Dickinson, North Dakota. And we this is Easter 2020. And what an Easter it is. Uh, what interesting, interesting time that we're living in right now. Good to be on the air with you. And uh, we're coming to you like we do every Sunday night. And we've got a lot of people texting me already. That's how you can be part of the program tonight, 701 701- Two nine zero seven eight six two. Give a shout out to Carl and Jeannie from Michigan listening. We've got Yvonne listening from Bowman, and we've got uh, uh, Pastor Brother Jones from Minneapolis. We've got Brother Rose from Mount Sterling, Kentucky, listening. Tim listening in North Carolina, and we've got um, Becky and Luke listening from. Um, from the from L.A. Bedroom Villa. Hmm. Not sure what that means. And then we've got uh, uh, Justin and his dad in Gulva listening tonight. And we've got uh, Brother Johnson listening in Arizona. So there's three different ways you can hear the broadcast. You can listen to us, of course, on the KDIX AM station right here in Dickinson, North Dakota. Or you can listen to us on KDIX.net which some of you are listening to, that's on the web, or we are being picked up by Holy Ghost Radio Channel 2, thanks to Brother Duran and his crew. And so that's kind of how we're doing this tonight. I am the pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church right here in Dickinson, 501 Elks Drive. We had a great service today. We had an Easter service, and that's what I talked about, was the Easter story. And um, 
we um, just had a great service and um, excited to see all that were there. Uh, we are holding services, but we are um, encouraging those that are elderly or medically compromised in some way not to come. And also, um, I guess we've kind of been attacked for holding services. I'm not going to take my radio show and defending myself, but the people that are attacking our church, uh, we know that you wish the best and believe that what you're doing is right. So we're, we're not here to fight anybody or prove anything. And all the churches that aren't doing their services online, we're doing that too because we have a, a great number of people that are not coming to our service. Um, but we, for those that are coming to our regular services, we have a hand sanitizing um, station at the front of the church. that We have somebody manning that and encouraging everyone to do that when they come in. We're not shaking hands, hugging, or trying to avoid physical contact. We spaced our chairs out in our sanctuary, um, a lot farther than they were, and then encouraging people to sit in just family groups. And so um, we are taking precautions, and I just want to say that I um, appreciate the governor of North Dakota for allowing us to still meet like this. And um, just here again, uh, Pastor Bob never thought he'd be in the center of this type of attention. That was never my goal. Uh, we're not trying to make any type of statement. Uh, we just have a group of people that still would like to meet for church. And let me just tell you that we also believe that when we come together and pray that God hears our prayers. And so we are praying that we are praying against this terrible uh, flu virus that is going through our nation and killing people, making people sick. Uh, we are praying against that and believing that God will have his hand in helping our country. And so, um, you know, even though with all the measures that governments are taking to stop this flu spread, we also believe in the power of God and that he is able to help us. And so we're taking a stand for that. And we uh, just, just I, I probably won't say much more about it tonight. Um, and if you, um, you know, I did give out the cell phone number that you can text me. I'm not going to give it out very often tonight just because I know that uh, last week I got a lot of texts, and so I'm not afraid of the text, but that's really not what this program is going to be about, is talking about, you know, whether people should go to church or not go to church. It really isn't going to be about that. Well, anyway, the um, I've got my guitar in the studio. I've got some good music queued up if we get to that. I've got a lot of scriptures here. I just could not make up my mind what to talk about. I wanted to speak about what I preached about in church today, about the Easter story, and I might get into a little bit of that. Um, the, um, there's a girl in our church that renamed Good Friday. She was out on, uh, this week on Thursday, her brother was putting the garbage dumpster out, which was normally picked up on Fridays. And she yelled at him and she said, Tommy, she said, they're not picking up the garbage tomorrow. It's lucky Friday. And so I think I'm going to, I haven't checked with the Pope or not, but I'm going to rename Good Friday to lucky Friday because for me, um, if there is such a thing as luck, it was the luckiest day. For me, two two days, the day that Jesus died for my sins on the cross, and then secondly, the day that I really heard about it when I was 20 years old. And those were great days, and I consider myself very fortunate that the blood of Jesus has been applied to my life. It has been applied by his what he did on the cross, and my response to what he did on the cross was true repentance, water baptism in the name of Jesus, and receiving 
the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so um, we are thankful for that. So I'm going to rename Good Friday Lucky Friday from now on, if that's okay, with everybody out there, because it was was my lucky, lucky day. I want to talk about faith tonight, and I want to talk about how without faith we really limit God. And I, I, I talk about these topics a lot, but I want to turn your attention to start the broadcast tonight into Mark 16, verse 14. And people, a lot of people are texting me tonight. Uh, good to have uh, Casey listening. Uh, good to have Brother Griffith listening. Jeremy and Becky and Bismarck are listening. So good to have all of you guys that are listening tonight. And um, I'll give that number out one more time, 701-290-7862. In Mark chapter sixteen fourteen, after the resurrection, I want to turn your attention to this scripture. This is after Jesus had been terribly tortured, killed in the grave for three days, and then rose again. And it says in Mark sixteen fourteen. afterward, he appeared unto the eleven. These were the eleven. Remember, Judas was dead now, and the eleven apostles were left. He appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat, and he upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not which had seen him, after he was risen. And I want to just kind of talk about this. I know that, that Jesus is a loving and forgiving um, God. He, he, um, he loves to forgive. He loves mercy. But here we read a sternness that Jesus had. And he was upbraiding his, his disciples, and that means he was scolding them. And the reason he was scolding them was for their unbelief. He was scolding them because they um, they didn't believe the eyewitnesses that had seen Jesus resurrected. And I'm going to say this tonight that that the very core, the very basis of our walk with God is to put our faith in him and to trust him. That's the very basis of this. And I believe, and I'll show you tonight how the children of Israel in the, in the wilderness, how they angered God because they would not believe him. They would not trust him. And so tonight, this program, we're talking about that. We're gonna, uh, I'm gonna read my texts. And um, I got my guitar in the studio. Might do some singing here if I get to it. But we have got to make up our mind that we are going to believe and have faith, and not be so afraid of things that we can't control. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is Radio Show. Stay tuned.
Craig and Dean, Pastor Bob here with the Tell It Like It Is radio show. I'm glad you are tuned in, and I'm honored that you would listen to this. We've got the Blairs listening from the Los Angeles area. We've got the Lees listening from Dickinson. And we've got uh, some Lomans listening tonight out by Gulva, which is a, is just about next to the middle of nowhere. Gulva is it's out by Beach, and it's you know what? For a little town, it's a going little town. I mean, it really is. They've got, I think they got a lumber yard. They've got, I mean, this is a dinky little town. They got a restaurant. They got a, um, you know, it's, it, there's some stuff going there in Gulva and some really good people too. Tonight we're talking about how we've got to have faith, confidence, courage in God. And we definitely see we are living in a time where we need it now and it needs to be talked about now. Men's hearts are failing them because of fear. There are people that are scared to death of a flu virus, and by the way, a deadly flu flu virus, but for some reason it has overtaken people's lives to the point where uh, I think they're not even paying attention to the data. They think if they get it, they're going to die. If they get it, it's a death warrant. And I'm here tonight to tell you that we have got to put our faith in God, especially you that claim uh, that Jesus is your Messiah, your Savior. The psalmist in Psalm 78 and verse 11, you know, I want to say hi to a couple of precious ladies. If they're listening, I want to say hi to Norma tonight from Dickinson. Good, I heard that Sister Norma, she's one of the elderly ladies in our church that we've encouraged not to come to church because of her age. She's listening tonight, I believe. And also Sister Brett's up in Kildare is listening tonight. So glad to have those two ladies listening. And uh, just appreciate them and all of those that that are members of our church that are, have not been able to physically come, but I know are are um, just true blue um, faithful people. Psalm seventy eight verse forty one. This is a story 
This is a psalm that is recapping the children of Israel in the wilderness and how they would not go into the promised land. Psalm 78.41 says, Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. And so this is a, a, a psalm that talks about these people that did not remember God's great works in their life. All they could think of is the giants in the promised land. It was time to move forward, but they didn't believe they could do it. They wanted to go back to Egypt. Um, you know, it's frightening here. We can't do it. I'm just a slave. I want my security. Um you know who's going to take care of us? You know this. This is this is the story of the children of Israel when they were on the border of of going in to conquer the Promised Land. They angered God to the point where He allowed that generation not to go in, and for forty years they wandered in the wilderness until that entire generation, except those that were twenty and under, and Caleb's family and Joshua's family. Uh, they were able to go into the promised land after that. And and I'm talking tonight on this program, why? Why was that? The Bible said they turned back. You know, I'm going to break this into three parts tonight. Number one, they turned back. They physically turned back and would not go into the promised land. Turning back away from God starts in your heart before it's, it ends up in your feet. Acts chapter 7 and verse 39, Stephen, when he was preaching uh, about this particular story again, earlier in this story of the Exodus, he said, and in their hearts they turned back again unto into Egypt. Putting confidence in God starts in our heart, and turning back from confidence in God also starts in our heart. We have got to follow through. We've got to have confidence. There are several words that seem to be synonymous with with themselves, faith, confidence, courage. They are all very similar words when it comes to God. You know, faith is and and courage, confidence, they they look the same to me when it comes to God. You can have all of these things in your life if you just put your trust in Jesus. You know, folks, there are many things that we cannot control. You know, many, many things we cannot control. But the one thing we can control is our walk with God. That's the only thing we can control. We can't control other people. We can't control circumstances. We can't control control pandemics or economic crisis. But we can control our walk with God. So put your confidence in God. And if your confidence has been in God, don't turn back. Hey, my friend, uh, Brother Elder Pearson, Gilbert Pearson, is listening tonight. Good to have him with us tonight. This is a very, very good friend of mine. And we are very much alike in some ways. Or at least our wives think we are. But, and in fact, he's got a, well, I won't say that. So, number one, don't turn back. The children of Israel turned back and they they um, displeased God because turning back was a sign that they had no faith. Number two, it says in this, and I'm in tonight. I'm in Psalm. I started out 
where Jesus upbraided the disciples because of their lack of faith, because they would not believe the eyewitnesses that had seen him resurrected. But then I ended up in Psalm 78 and verse 41, talking about the children of Israel in the wilderness, and it said, Yea, they turned back and tempted God. Now what does it mean they tempted God? Well, they tempted God by angering God because of their unbelief, the children of Israel did. Let me show you in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 8. It says, Harden not your hearts as in the provocation. This is in the day of temptation in the wilderness. The writer of Hebrews here is referencing the story again of the children of Israel, how they would not go in the promised land because they were afraid. Notice verse 9. When your fathers tempted me and proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. And so, God was very grieved. He was very sad. He was very upset. He was tempted. They were tempting the Lord. Like, have you ever heard somebody say, Don't tempt me. You know, if you're making them mad, don't tempt me. Well, they were tempting the Lord, and he was grieved with them. And then he said, they do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Now, notice in verse 11, God said, so I swear, I swore in my wrath. He made a promise to himself when he was angry. That's Pastor Bob's version. So God swore in his wrath. He didn't swear. He wasn't cussing. He made a promise to himself. Now, most of the time when we make a decision when we're angry or we we vow a vow and we're angry, it's usually a bad decision. I would say 99.9% of the time. Don't make decisions when you're angry. But when God makes a decision when he's angry, he doesn't make any mistakes. And this is a scary scripture. I think it's scary. You can think whatever you want, but I think it's scary. God said, I swear in my wrath. When he saw that these people would not believe him, he got so upset, he made a promise to himself. He said, they shall not enter into my rest. In fact, you can read this story in in the book of Numbers that later they wanted to go into the promised land. They realized they had made a mistake, and they said, let's go. We've changed our mind. We disobeyed God. Let's go. But God said, no, don't go now, because I promised myself you're not going. This is really scary stuff here, I think. But we, we do have a God that I think unbelief pushes him. He wants us to believe. That's why, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but that's why faith is the very step, first step in salvation. So in verse 12 of Hebrews chapter 3, it says, Take heed, brethren, listen up, brothers, lest there be any of you, be any of you, in a evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Let me read that again. Lest there be an in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Let me just tell you what this is saying. You depart from God with a heart of unbelief. You come to God by believing in him, and you leave God by quitting, stopping believing in him. 
And this heart of unbelief, God describes, the writer of Hebrew describes, as evil. How did they tempt God? Well, they saw God's mighty works, but they chose not to believe him. And God calls this heart of unbelief evil. He says that's how we depart from the living God. God cut them off because of their unbelief. This this radio show tonight is, I mean, at this part of it, it's very, very serious. Because you can either choose to believe God or choose not to believe God. You know, what a comfort it is to believe God. Like I say, life is full of trouble and worry. That is way bigger than we are. One of the things I've learned as I've gotten older is I can't control a lot of things. I used to think when I was younger I could fix it all. Uh, you know, I, I felt like I was strong enough, tough enough. If if I couldn't fix it, I'd just work harder. As I've got older, I realize I can't fix it all. And I can't, certainly can't fix other people. That's why the older I've gotten, the more I've prayed, really. I'm not bragging about it. I'm just telling you, I pray more now than I did when I was younger because when I was younger, I didn't pray as much and I thought I could do something about it. Well, I still try to do what I can. I'm not really that old. But I want to put my trust in God. You know, this this idea that... that um, you know, walking around in total panic and fear because of what might happen to you is displeasing to God. And we need to come to grips with that. And I'm not saying that that um, everybody in the world is like that, but I'm seeing a lot of it. People are fearful. Uh, People are scared to death. And I'm afraid even some of the people that claim to be the people of God are falling into this trap. Paul, in the book of Romans, was talking about the Jewish people that were cut off because of unbelief. And he said this, Romans 11.20, Because of unbelief, they were broken off. And thou standest by faith. So he was talking about these Jewish people that had lost their place with God because of unbelief. But we now are standing by faith. We've been grafted in by faith. And then Paul said this, be not high-minded, but fear. Why would we fear? What's Paul saying? What should we be afraid of here? He's saying we should be afraid that we would allow ourselves to go into unbelief. Because if we do, we're going to be cut off too. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show, 701-290-7862. Trust in time, trust in time. When you feel you can't go on, and all your 
is gone, it's trusting time. Trusting time, have a little faith when times are hard. You turn nighttime into day. God's love is just one prayer. Trusting time. It's trusting time when there's no answer to the questions in your mind. It's trusting time when it looks like you're down to your very last time. It's trusting. That was Greg McCool, and I'm playing some of his music tonight. I'm going to play another number of his in a little bit. Uh, thank you for all that are listening tonight and all the communication I've got, the texting that I've got tonight. I haven't even checked my emails yet. I probably should do that. That's how you can be part of this program, and we are so honored that you would listen to the Tell It Like It Is radio show. We've been on KDIX now for over 20 years. We used to have Saturday night. But we were preempted by so many sports uh, shows that we moved to Sunday night many years ago and have been doing that ever since. 
and we really enjoy it. Tonight I'm talking about Psalm 78, verses 41. Yea, they have turned back, tempted God, limited the Holy One of Israel. I started the broadcast, if you're just tuning in, where Jesus scolded the disciples because of their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Who are you going to believe tonight? I've chosen to believe God. I've chosen to put my faith in God. I didn't grow up believing this. I was a drug addict until I was 20 years old. I came to God when I was in college. Little Pentecostal church. First time I went to a Pentecostal church was in Bismarck. And then we were living in Valley City at the time. I had an athletic scholarship there and we were going to college at Valley City State. My wife and I and a little baby, our oldest son Luke. And God got a hold of my heart, delivered me from drugs. And who would have believed that all those years later, 42 years later, that I'd be doing this on the radio in Dickinson, North Dakota. It's a long story, and I certainly don't have time to tell all of that tonight, of all God did all that. But I'm going to tell you that God has brought me through many, many things. And not only myself, but many people that I know. And I'm going to put my trust in God. The real area I wanted to go to in the program tonight was in Psalm, and the title of our program is Limiting God. The psalmist said in Psalm 48 or 7841 that they turned back, they tempted God, and then I want to really focus on this, and they limited the Holy One of Israel. Limiting God. Limiting God from working in your life. Now what that means in Hebrew, it, it, uh, I'll try to explain this and I think you'll understand it. What this word means in Hebrew, it means that you make a mark, like you, you put an X on a path or an X on a, you make a mark on something and say this is as far as it can go. It can't go any farther than this. And so what this means, they limited God. What it means is they made an X or they made a mark and said, God can do up to this, but he can't do anything else. You see, unbelief limits God in our lives. It sets a limit. It makes a mark. It's virtually like saying there are some things that God cannot do. And guess what? It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, is there anyone out there believing that God can eradicate this coronavirus from our nation? Does anybody believe that? Or is that something God cannot do? People want to look at the Spanish flu of 1918. They want to look at all the other times that people have went through terrible things and say, well, God didn't do it there. He's not going to do it now. Well, I guess you can believe that if you want to. But our church, every time we have service, we did it again today, we pray for our governor, who I believe um, is doing a great job, governor of North Dakota. He's He is in a tough spot, a really tough spot. And we pray for him every time we come together for church because he has to make some decisions here that are going to affect people's lives one way or the other. And I would not be, want to be the governor of North Dakota, I promise you that. I have enough trouble just being a pastor. 
but this, we pray when we come to church, you know, I'm not saying we don't do this when we're at home. Uh, we do it, you know, I'll do, maybe I'll do it on the radio tonight. But we pray that God would stop this terrible flu in the city of, in our church family. We pray that number one. Number two, in the city of Dickinson. Number three, in our county. And number four, in our state. And I've mentioned that I, I'm not opposed to praying for the whole country and the whole world, but I guess I just feel like God has given us the obligation and the responsibility of this area. You say, well, who do you think you are, Pastor Bob, that you think you could pray and God could stop this? Well, I don't really think I'm much of a, anybody, really, except that the Bible said if I have faith and I believe that God can move a mountain. I'm going to choose to believe that. I'm not going to limit God. I'm not going to limit God. God is still a miracle-working God. He's still the God of the prophets of the Old Testament, the God of the miracles of Moses. He's, he's the God of the, uh, of the miracles of Jesus, of the miracles of the apostles. The book of Acts is the book in, only book in the New Testament that doesn't word, end with the words the end or amen because the reason it doesn't because it never ended. The church of the living God is still in business. And when Jesus said, the works that I do, these works shall you do, and even greater works shall you do, I didn't write that stuff. I didn't make that up. I believe, boy, my phone's just ding, ding, dinging. <laughs> oh, lots of people texting me now. It was a little slow earlier. Thank you for everybody listening. You know, um, you can limit God in your life. It happened in Jesus' day. Matthew thirteen fifty eight, In Jesus' hometown area, it says that he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. It was Jesus' hometown. It was his, uh, they were used to Jesus. You see, unbelief will limit God. If you don't believe it, it's, you, I mean, here again, you can, you can hide in fear if you want to, or you can put your trust in God. And here, I'm not telling people to be stupid. I, we've told the people that go to our church, we've tried to contact everybody that's elderly, that is, has health conditions, that it would probably be, be best if they wouldn't come to church just in case they would be exposing themselves to the coronavirus because it's especially deadly in those groups of people. But there are still a few that come, and their attitude is, I'm not going to stop them, I'm not going to tell them they can't, but their attitude is, well, if I get hit by a car on the way to church, I might die that way. A lady told me that Wednesday night. She's 63 years old. I told her she probably should stay home, and she... she, um, told me she's not going to. And, um, you know, I'm not going to tell her she can't come to church. Here again, we're not shaking hands. These, this is killing me. I, our, our church used to be the handshakingest church in town, I think. You'd, if you came to our church, used to be, you'd get shook, your hand would get shook off. Now we're all, you know, trying to stay away from each other. 
And I'm, I'm not making fun of that. I'm not saying that's unwise. I think that's wisdom. But I'm telling you that let's not limit God either. People can limit God by their words and their attitudes. You, your faith can be hurt by people that don't believe God can do anything. Who are you going to believe tonight? Like, who are you going to believe? Jesus, uh, a man came to Jesus and said, my daughter's really sick in Mark chapter 5. This man's name was Jairus. So Jesus starts going with Jairus to his home. He's going to go pray for this man's daughter. But somebody stops them, and uh, one of Jairus' men comes back and says, Jairus, don't bother the teacher anymore. Your little girl is dead. And Jesus looked at Jairus and he said, be not afraid, only believe. And they kept on going. And Jesus raised the little girl from the dead. Who are you going to believe? Who are you going to believe? Don't listen to the people telling you that God is not a miracle-working God, and that God cannot protect you and watch over you and your loved ones. Don't believe that. Let me let me tell you that the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. And so we realize that we all have to die sometime. But Pastor Bob believes that he's not going to die until God's ready to take me. That's what I believe. I've had some close encounters. Several years ago, I was my wife and I were in a severe motorcycle accident. She, um, a, a little old man, turned in front of us on the highway, turned left. I broadsided him, probably going 50, 55 maybe. I stayed with the motorcycle because my leg was pinned between the motorcycle and his pickup. Lori flew down the highway many, many yards. Um, I was unconscious. She thought I was dead. But I wasn't dead. You know, um, why wasn't I dead? I should have been dead. Lori should have been dead. Well, God wasn't finished with us yet. That's why. Now, I'm not advocating riding on motorcycles. They're plenty dangerous. If my mom's listening, she she doesn't think I've got a brain in my head because I ride on motorcycles, and she's probably correct. Mom, that's about the only thing I do that I think you disapprove of. I, I don't know if there's any more. But don't listen to those that are telling you God can't do what he said he can do. You know, when, when King Hezekiah was surrounded by the uh, Syrian, the kings of Assyria, uh, Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, came up against the defense cities of Judah and took them all, except for Jerusalem. And the king of Assyria sent Rabshakeh from Lachish to Jerusalem under King Hezekiah with a great army. And this is what he said, Beware, lest Hezekiah persuade you, he was telling the people, saying, The Lord will deliver us. Hath any of the gods of the nations delivered his land out of the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and Arphad? Where are the gods of Seraphim? And have they delivered Samaria out of my hand? Who are they among all the gods of these lands? that they have delivered their land out of my hand, that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem out of my hand. You see, Rabshakeh was saying, none of the other gods 
were able to do this. Well, then later, this same Rabshakeh, he was called to go to another place, and he sent a letter to Hezekiah. And in this letter, um, he he basically said that um, he he said that that don't I'm going to be going away, but don't think that I'm not coming back to destroy your kingdom. And then he went on and said the whole thing over again. He said, "We've destroyed the kings of Assyria, have destroyed all the other nations, and all their none of their gods delivered them." And Hezekiah, in, in Isaiah thirty-seven fourteen, received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord, spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed unto the Lord, saying, "O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, that dwellest between the cherubims, thou art the God, even thou alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth." Thou hast made heaven and earth. Incline thine ear, O Lord, and hear, and open thine eyes, O Lord, and see, and hear all the words of Sennacherib, which hath sent to reproach the living God. Of a truth, Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste all the nations and their countries, and have cast their gods into the fire. For they weren't gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they have destroyed them. Now therefore, O Lord our God, save us from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord, even thou only. You see, Hezekiah wasn't going to believe the common sense or the sense that was around him. The king of the the general of Assyria, the king of Assyria, he was absolutely telling the truth. None of the other nations had been able to stop them. What makes you think your God can do anything? But, like Hezekiah said, he said, Our God is the only God of all the kingdoms of the earth, and he made the heaven and the earth. You're listening to the Tell It Like It Is radio show. I'm going to just squeeze in a little song, and then I'm going to wrap this thing up. 701-290-7862. Believe that I tell them about the Lord when I meet them on the street. 
was Greg McCool, and uh, that's some pretty good stuff. You know, I play kind of a wide variety of music on this program. He's an apostolic singer. A lot of our stuff is apostolic, Acts 238 believer stuff. Some of it's just Christian music, but anyway, we play a lot of different styles of music. And um, I've got what's called Pastor Bob's Playlist right here at the radio station. So some of those songs you probably hear more than once. I'm going to finish with a song. That's not our normal song tonight. That'll be in about 10 minutes. Thank you for all the texting. And somebody just tried to call me, but I can't take any calls because I'm doing a live radio show tonight. So, um, but the, um, but thank you for all the, um, all of you that are texting me and appreciate that and good, good things. I'm not hearing any negative things. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. The Tell It Like It Is radio show comes on every Sunday night, 8.06 to 9.06 Mountain Time. And we've been doing that for 20 years. So I want to thank KDIX Studio for allowing us to do this. And also Holy Ghost Radio for picking us up and um, being with us all the way. You can limit God in your life. And you can make him really little or you can magnify him in your life. The um, the scripture teaches that if we limit God, if we make a mark, if we say, well, God can't do this, God can't do that, uh, that's, that limits God. So many times faith is contagious and so is unbelief. If you're around people, like I know people that think if somebody's a drug addict, they have to go to a drug treatment center. That's the only way. Well, I've been, I've seen a lot of drug addicts that walk, came into church and God delivered them from their drug addiction. I know a lot of those people. There are many of my friends and I'm one of them. Never went to a drug treatment center. If you got your help in a drug treat center, a drug treatment center, fine. I'm, I'm glad for you. But I'm just telling you, don't limit God. Don't say that he can't do this. If you've got a son or a daughter that's an alcoholic or a meth addict, uh, don't keep believing God. He can do amazing things. Certainly they have to be part of the process. But are you going to limit God in your faith and in your prayers? The psalmist said in Psalm 34, 3, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt God. 
his name together. Jesus said in Matthew 19.26, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. In Mark 9.23, Jesus said, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Now you can limit God if you want to, but I'm going to go with what Jesus said. All things are possible. I've got a daughter that I was just with for Easter. After our church service, we were able to see some of our family. And my daughter, when she was a little baby, a heart specialist in Bismarck told us that your daughter's life expectancy is going to be about two years old. She had an incurable heart disease. She had a heart surgery. They put her on a very strong heart medication. Our doctor, who I think was a very good doctor in Bismarck, uh, he told us that she's not going to live to be past two. When she was a little over two years old, we took her back for a checkup, and the doctor examined her and said, I'm not sure exactly what happened, but there's nothing wrong with your daughter's heart. And she doesn't have to be on this heart medication anymore. My daughter just turned 40. She's got three teenage children, and I believe in miracles. But you know, if my daughter, if the Lord would have chosen to take my daughter, I still believe in miracles. Jesus said, all things are possible to him that believeth. Mark 10.27, here again, Jesus said, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Matthew 17.20 and 21, Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you say, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing, nothing shall be impossible unto you. The angel told Mary in Luke chapter 1 and verse 37, For with God nothing shall be impossible. Jesus said in Luke 18, 27, the things which are, are impossible with men are possible with God. But I'll tell you something that's impossible. I'll tell you something that's impossible. In Hebrews 11 and 6, says it, it says, but without faith it is impossible to please him For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. It's impossible to please God without faith. And then Hebrews 11 starts out by faith Noah. And it just goes through the list of people that had faith in God. Appreciate all the people listening tonight, and uh, thank you so much. Um, we had new visitors at church today. I appreciated that. And um, our next service will be Wednesday night at seven thirty. If you are a visitor that's planning on coming, I just want to warn you that we have a um, 
some not super stringent, but some stringent uh, hygiene concepts that we're using in our church because of the not only of this deadly flu, but of the fear of this deadly flu, both reasons. And so we have um, a station out at the front door that we have some antiseptic gel that we are asking everybody to use when they walk in. We're asking everybody to refrain from shaking hands or hugging or some of the things that are usually done at Pentecostal churches. And families are sitting in groups. We've spread our chairs around in our sanctuary. We still have plenty of chairs in there, uh, but we have spread them around to try to keep, keep some distancing between the people that show up for church. And also, if you are elderly or health-compromised in any way, this is really hard for me to say this, but we're encouraging you not to come. If you want to listen to our services, they are broadcast on audio on an app called Mixler, M-I-X-L-R, Mixler, and you have to look up Robert Simons under that if you want to listen. And I do want to encourage those that are elderly or have some type of underlying health condition that if you want to be part of our services at this time, maybe that's what you should do. Because we are not trying to see anybody hurt by this virus. We're trying to use our heads. We also, uh, right now, our, our church in Beach, the building that we meet in there, we cannot use that building right now, the Beach Community Center. So in Beach, they are having a um, service in, in a home with a, a small group of people there. And if you are interested in that service, you can reach out to me and I can let you in contact with those people. Also, we have a service in Bowman and in a church there. It's called the Cornerstone Apostolic Church. The address is 18 North Main. And 7.30 Thursday nights and 10.30 Sunday morning. So this is a small church, a a startup church that uh, is being started and a great young man that's the pastor of that church. Thursday nights, 7.30 and also Sunday mornings at 10.30. So I did. I got my guitar sitting sitting here. Didn't play it. Oh well, I didn't have time to play it. Just want to encourage you tonight. Don't limit God in your life. Don't limit Him, Lord Jesus. Tonight, as we close this broadcast, I ask you to help people that are listening tonight. I pray that you that their faith has been encouraged tonight through your Word. God, I pray for our church family. God, we pray for their health, also for our city of Dickinson, North Dakota. God, I pray, Lord, your protection and your health over this city, over our county, and Lord, yes, over the state of North Dakota. I pray for our governor, Lord, that you help him to continue to use the wisdom, inspire him, God, to know what to do as far as protecting those from this virus and also to allow people to get back to work. I just pray tonight in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to the Tell It Like It Is show and listen to this last song called Can't Keep a Good Man Down. Good night. God bless.
always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website www.holyghostradio.com The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.